If you're like me, and you've been too afraid to stay in the same room as your boss because he tried to give you a massage at work, then you're in the right place. This is Between Two Jobs. Today I'm talking to Libby Gardner, who has such a dream job that it would even make Mindy Kaling jealous according to her tweet. I love my job, but sometimes I just want to be assembling components of a shakatree board. Libby, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's get straight into it because I find it hard to believe that you could have been doing this awesome job, say, straight out of high school. Um, tell me at least, you know, what were you doing in the very beginning? So I got the classic 15-year-old job, worked at McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> which was food, awesome training. I loved it, but I I actually loved the cooking side of it. So I was flipping burgers. (laughs) So you were in the kitchen. You went out the front taking those orders. Oh, I did do the whole drive-through thing, but I was like, no, I put you back in the kitchen. (laughs) I imagine the drive-through would have been actually quite entertaining. Yeah, it was fun. And it was in my local sort of hometown. So I knew every second person that drove through. So it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Now, does knowing every second person going through make that amazing or terrible? I don't know. Uh, I guess a bit of both, which is why I was sort of like, put me back in the kitchen. (laughs) I don't need to see all these people every day at work. So yeah, that was fun. And then um, just cafe jobs, helped a few people with catering, like mum's friends, and then yeah, went to uni. And that was still while I was at school. So Okay, it was so just a part-time job. But there's, you're saying there's a little bit of food in the blood, you love yep. flipping the burgers, you, then you kind of do a bit of catering stuff. But what were you studying then? You've got, you go to university or what do you do next? Yeah, so I moved on to, I did a bachelor's degree. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so the, yeah, the bachelor's degree in arts um, did, helped me sort of do a few subjects that were all different and then I decided to move into to concentrate on marketing. So I did mm. a Bachelor of Arts majored in marketing. Marketing was sort of the creative side of it all that really interests me and I sort of wanted to go down that path and I thought it would be it would give me good job opportunities after uni and Are you saying that like maybe you could have gone down that path because oh well there will be jobs so I'll be fine and I'll do that? Or? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't so, maybe in love with it, but you were doing yeah. it because you felt like it was the right thing to do. Exactly. And I li- I liked business strategy, and but the marketing, the creative part of it, like promotions or advertising, really striked me and excited me. So. Ah, okay, right. And yeah. I suppose those skills came in handy when you eventually have figured out what it is that you're <laughs> doing. So, okay, we'll come back to that. After uni... You go and find a job. Yep. So I went straight into, so I was 23 when I finished uni and I went straight into fashion PR, uh-huh. which I loved. It was so much fun. And um, I was an assistant to the director there. So um, I got to talk to cool people. I got to go to all the cool events with her, organize yeah, her schedule. Kind of events? <laughs> they sound fun. What were you doing? They were like product launches. We had a lot of um, high-end designers. So there was your Dolce & Gabbana's. Christian Louboutin. Uh, so there was there was cool international brands that we had 
cool people coming to them, whether it was celebrities or the influencers were starting to sort of get a bit popular then. And that's what really sort of interested me from then on. And I became really obsessed with celebrities, uh-huh. I guess. Okay. And I thought at these events, it just, at uni, I did a subject um, which was sociology and it was just about people and human behavior. And it real at these events, it really interests me as to why people are obsessed with celebrities. Like uh-huh. they're people like you and me. <laughs> why? Especially not what different. Is, yeah. <laughs> like what? what is the obsession? What is... Well, so how, special did you figure about it out? Them. What is the obsession? Well, no, not really. <laughs> so yeah, after that, I um, I, be- I yeah, became really obsessed with it, and I thought I'd really like to see somebody's career progress from being somebody that nobody knows to this huge influent influential person, mm-hmm. um, their rise to fame. So I went to LA. <laughs> I sort of thought, where can I do this? Yeah. And where else but Hollywood? So, <laughs> so how long were you in LA for? I was in LA for seven months. I was um, so when I finished uni, you can get a visa called a J one visa, which you can either get at uni or within a year of finishing. Mm-hmm. So, took it to my boss, and I just said, "What do I do? Like, I love my job here." And yeah. she said, "Go. You're never. Oh, that's you're so never great gonna that you be had able to do it again." Yeah, she was fabulous, and she said, "I know somebody over there that will take you under their wing." and um, so yeah, I, I packed up, I moved <laughs> and it was so different and a massive change. Was that scary? Like, I don't know, you go back to your family and say, actually, I'm just going to move to America. Like, is that, well, or is that like, oh, not a shock at all. People are like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like what, yeah. did, what was the initial reaction to like, I'm actually just going to pack up and leave now. <laughs> um, um, well, my mum and dad always knew sort of, I had this, Obsession. <laughs> yes, okay. But um, so they were like, go for it. Everyone was really supportive, which I think was super helpful. And if it didn't work out, I could always come back home. Yeah. I was never sort of afraid to go and do it. I mean, I knew one person in LA who was also like, come over. Yeah. But um, I was never afraid because I just thought, oh, if it fails, I'll just jump back on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you in LA for? Yeah, so I was in LA for seven months and it was hard. Yeah. And I, I landed, um, it took me a while and I harassed people to like no end to get a job. Yeah. And I landed myself an internship at a talent agency. So uh-huh. they were representing actors, musicians, television stars, writers, directors, the whole lot. And they had a lot of Australian actors on their books. So uh-huh. it was good to hear some familiar accents. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I would I would sit I was sitting on an agent's desk, I guess, so I would cover calls and it was extremely fast paced. Um, and I was basically the gatekeeper for these agents. So anybody who wanted to talk to them had to talk to me. So got to talk to amazing people um, and learn, I guess this fast-paced Hollywood scene. Even when you're out on a Saturday night, like you in Sydney, you're out here having a drink with your friends. Yeah. In LA, you're out and every person you meet wants to pitch to you about <laughs> what they do. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> it's my day off. <laughs> and like every second person is an actor. So as soon as they find out, oh, I work for a talent agency, it's like hard yeah. pitch. And you're like, whoa. You want me. <laughs> You're in LA. Is it that you're deciding 
this isn't what I want and I want to move back to Australia or like what's that kind of transition like? What was that moment like where you're thinking, all right, I think I'm done with LA now. Yeah. What next? Well, I got really lucky um, with the job I had in LA. Um, It was an internship. I then moved on to another agency, but I still kept in contact with people from that first internship, which I loved. Yeah. And um, the actors there had um, representation in Australia who I would always talk to on the Uh... phone. And they always said, if you if you ever come back to Australia, call us. Ah. So I did, and I got really lucky where I got a job back here in talent management, repping the same actors. Like, it was really oh, cool. yeah, it's, it's almost the same. Yeah, and I got to talk to everyone in L.A. still when we made calls. So, um, yeah, I got really lucky, and I moved back home with the thought of I've got a job. And yeah. A bit of security. A bit yeah. Of- and LA was fast and I was just sort of like, I miss my friends. I miss my family. This is my ticket home. So I'm going to do it. And then how much longer were you doing talent-based work mm-hmm. before you thought, oh, actually, there's this planner thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did the um, talent management thing for about a year and then I moved on to um, – advertising yeah, for a okay. couple of months and that was when the platter thing started happening and I just started making a few for friends and it built up and up and everyone took photos of them and put them on their social um, Instagrams and um, got a really great response and long story short, um, I started, um, I guess, emailing and buying everything in my lunch break at work. No and, way. Yeah. <laughs> So I was doing two jobs and in all my spare time I was working on the platter project. Yeah. And my boss ended up saying to me, what's this platter thing? Again, it was she was so supportive and she just said. Oh, I thought it was more of a what's this platter oh, thing? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so she was sort of like, look, what's this platter thing? It's something that could be really great but I don't think you can do both. Uh, and I was like, hmm, I know. It's showing in my work now. <laughs> but um, I just said, look, I've got to give this a crack. So um, I'm going to Is that a hard decision to make? Like you've got- Totally. And I loved her too. I've been really lucky with bosses. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And so I quit my job. I moved back home. Uh-huh. And yeah, went full time, flat out platters. What do your so- family think when you say, I'm just going to do- Full-on, full-time platters. <laughs> yeah. Well, they saw how hard I was working in my lunch breaks. Okay. My mom especially because I was shopping, doing all the shopping, and then I would make all the platters early in the morning and she would deliver them while oh, I was at work. right. So, so she was she very involved. It. Yeah. Yeah. She got it and she was just like, this is amazing. Like, go for it. I'm going to help you. So, yeah, um, mum has been awesome and – my right hand man. <laughs> so she was very um, involved in delivering everything. Uh-huh. Sometimes even making them when I couldn't. No way. <laughs> because I was working from home, I didn't have a lot of fridge space uh-huh. and storage space to make platters and keep them in the fridge all day. So if one was in the afternoon, she would have to make it for me and she'd send me photos and be like, does this look okay? That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you is could you trust her to do yeah. like, a job? <laughs> well, she'd send me photos and I'd be like, nope, move the cheese to the right. <laughs> Yeah. And I have formulas now and everything, so anyone could come in and make them right the exact way I want them made. So, okay, so now you're talking about formulas and yep. being able to scale it up, right? 
sounds like it's just you and your mum is helping you when you yeah. when you need the extra hands. Mm-hmm. Then what? You know, like how have you got from from that to where you are now? Yeah. So I it it mum was getting pretty fed up with me using her kitchen. <laughs> right. That was the motivation. <laughs> get out. <She> get out. <laughs> So um, I started looking. I found a kitchen in Lilyfield. Uh-huh. That was a commercial space, big commercial commercial kitchen, founded on Gumtree. Uh-huh. Um, it had a huge cool room, um, which I'm still there. Cool. Been there for about a year and a half now. So, um, yeah, I moved straight in, and from there I was able to make bulk platters, keep them in the cool room. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do a lot more because I was turning down a lot of work when I was at home. Oh, right. So you just was, actually couldn't keep up with the demand. Yeah. Well, I could, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have enough storage space to do 10 platters a day. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I, if this is going to work and I'm going to make it a full-time thing, then I've got to make it worth it and go hard. So I, mean, I guess spending the money on rent was a bit daunting at first. Yeah. What's that like? It's a killer, yeah. Um, but I feel like running a small business is a black hole of expenses. Like just when you think you're ahead, you're just like oh, another bill's come in. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that took its toll, but it's worth it Yeah, because you have to spend money to make money. So, yeah, being in there has been a huge help. And also being a one-man band at the time, I was in a shared space with other small businesses who – Oh, we could bounce off each other and right, yeah. So that's what been really other helpful. Types of businesses were <laughs> so all food. Uh-huh. Um, now we've got a girl who makes vegan cakes. Oh. she's really awesome. Um, the there's a guy that make does chocolate making classes. He's been there for 23 years. So, oh, right. um, and a guy who makes gelato. Oh, so a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah, you get cool. to share each other's products at all? Uh, sometimes we're like, yeah, well, it's all like. Try this. Does it taste good? New things. Come out with new things. It's cool to bounce off each other and they're all creative like I am. And, yeah, so that's been fun. How did you even come up with the idea of platters and how did you determine, actually, I think people might want this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've always been a food person. My family's always been very into food. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm asking anyone, any of them, and they'll be like, "We love the food." <laughs> my um, my jer- my U12 jersey on the back had big lib on it for that what reason that mean? I love food. All <laughs> oh, right, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like it was a known thing that I loved food. Um, so it's actually interesting that you even went down the kind of PR or talent marketing kind of world when yeah. you had that kind of in you, I suppose, that, and you've got it on the back of your jersey. Like yeah. it's so obvious that yeah. it's funny that you, that, you know, you decided I'll go down this different path, but actually you've just gone back naturally to what maybe you're actually most passionate yeah. about. Well, to me, I guess um, hospitality was always sort of like I'm never going to get very far with it. Ah. I kind of thought, no, I need a corporate job. And yep. I need, um, you know, to be businessy. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of always, my whole plan in life was probably to have a cafe when I was ready to settle down and just have like, even though running a cafe is not <laughs> settling down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved the idea of sort of having a little cafe and a nice work lifestyle balance and um yeah, so, I mean, I went down this entertainment industry path just because it interests me. Yeah. 
And I was so obsessed with it that I was like, oh, I'm going to help someone be famous. I was watching Entourage at the time a lot and I was like, I'm going to be Ari Gold. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and then so how I started The Platters was I just had like a love entertaining, socialising, had all the girls over one day. It was the long weekend, um, June long weekend in 2015. So they all came over, made a platter. We all had a few drinks and it became, that's when everyone started sort of taking photos of it and went up on social media. And people were like, you should, like all of my friends were like, you should start, you should sell these, people would buy these. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I could. And um, I started the Platter Project Instagram and I kind of, the name came from just literally Platter and a side project. Uh-huh. And I was like, the ladder project. And um, straight away I got it and I just started a little Instagram of my own little platters. And I didn't tell anyone about it. I just sort of wanted to see. There weren't many other platter companies out there. Oh, yeah. Which I had a look at and there there was. I really consider you the first. Uh, oh, you may thanks. not think that, but I feel like <laughs> you, you have nailed the market. Yeah, I did get in at the right time, I think, yeah. before it sort of blew up. Um, but my family at Christmas and Easter and every get together, we have platters Yeah, and it's sort of just pick and mix what you want. So yeah, I, I knew a lot about them and how to put them together. And the Instagram started picking up, I guess, followers and my boyfriend and best friend found the Instagram. I was like, guys, I've started an Instagram and they just went right, found it straight away because there weren't that many platter companies. And, um, they started sharing it. All my friends started sharing it. I've had the best support, which I think is why my business became such a – grew so quickly was because all of my friends were just promoting it. Yeah. And then I had sort of friends in the entertainment industry with followings who ah, would promote it too. Gotcha. So, Using your old job yeah. to your advantage. Yeah. Very clever. And I felt like – like I I never wanted to be famous myself – but I felt like I could now treat my brand as a celebrity yeah, yeah, yeah. and, like, direct it towards, I don't know, success. Not necessarily famous, but I knew sort of the path I wanted it to go into, which I think is really important for a brand and who you want to align yourself with and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I treated my brand as a celebrity, basically. Yeah. I so am loving this overlap between what you've learnt in your previous roles to what you do yeah, now. Totally. Because I think a lot of people just have this or even as it appeared to me that you have this side hustle thing that looks completely different to what you were doing now, but actually all of it is intertwined. It's mixed. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I've I've found more recently that I'm coming more into the business. Mm-hmm. as the face of it. Yep. It's not just the platter project. I'm sort of, you know, with with all this social media and influencer stuff, like YouTube's becoming huge. I mean, Instagram is massive and I'm going to start vlogging soon. Ah, and okay. All of that stuff. So, um, and people love a story behind a brand, which I'm really learning. Um, and they love to know how it's evolved. And yeah. it's not just the platter project. Yeah. Like even I saw... Um, McDonald's, um, the founder, is on is it on Netflix or Stan? And you like can see <laughs> we can find out. The whole, like it's not just McDonald's <laughs> yeah. now. You yeah. everyone now knows the story. Yeah. So I think that's really important, um, which I'm I'm working on because I don't want to be famous myself. <laughs> I've always been behind the scenes. Yeah. 
Now, is that kind of a little bit scary? Or like you're saying, your friends are suggesting you should just do this. But yeah. like, I think a lot of people will say like, you should just do this. And it doesn't <laughs> mean that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And also like your friends are always going to be really supportive of everything you do and True. they can be a bit biased. So it can be maybe a bit yeah. nerve wracking to actually take the leap. So I suppose it's wh- why or how did you have the confidence to take the leap? Yeah, having the friends and the support was really helpful to me because it was scary to take the big leap. Um, and I was, um, there were not very many other platter companies around. So in terms of that, I thought there's there's a huge gap in the market because yeah. nobody's doing this. And back when I was doing PR, you know, I would be the one to put some chocolate-coated almonds on the table for a media showing yeah, right. or a product launch. And I thought, why not put a platter there, <laughs> which I wasn't seeing. Yeah. So I reached out to a few um, influencers and PR agencies that I knew of and that I was that I liked Yeah. Um, and sort of offered them a platter. Right. And said, look, for your next media showing, let me cater for you. Yeah. Take a few photos. That's how you can repay me. Yeah. Put it on your Instagram. And – see how it goes. I mean, if you don't like it, you what have I lost? Yeah. yeah. So um, I did a lot of that in the beginning. Okay. Um, which went really well. And obviously these people have followings. So yeah. more and more people saw them and I was getting more and more emails and inquiries. So yeah, it's that's how I sort of worked out. There was a gap in the market and I probably have Instagram to thank for that. Yeah, so I would love to know about what kind of impact you think social media has made on your business and how it's been able to grow Yeah, um, because Instagram is so known as the foodie platform where yeah. everyone just – If you don't take a picture of it, did you eat it? Yeah, did it happen? Even happen? Did you even go to that restaurant if you <laughs> yeah. don't take five photos of it before you start eating? Mm. And so what do you think – do you think your business could be as success, successful as it is today if – Instagram wasn't there or other social media platforms like how has social media impacted you? Yeah well definitely not I don't think my business would be where it is today if not for social media. Um, It's free advertising free marketing so I'd like you can't beat that. Yeah. And I haven't really I've used the paid advertising features on the social media platforms before but I mean I haven't got that much different of a result as to me just posting normally. And I don't know whether that's because I'm just Sydney based, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I've I've got social media to thank for running my whole business. <laughs> it's um leads, it just reaches so many people, and people are also able to get in touch with me directly. Yeah, ask questions. I have a lot of people now asking for just like tips or where'd you get that cheese from or oh, really? just like things like that. Yeah. Now, do you answer or are you giving away your trade secrets? <laughs> <laughs> well, at first I was a bit cagey about it, yeah. but I'm pretty open about it now because it's good for people to see how much things cost and why I charge my the prices yeah. I charge and for the time involved. Like. Was that actually a difficult process to figure out how much you should be charging per platter? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can imagine that in the beginning maybe people just think, well, well, like anything, like a piece of artwork, people think, I can do that. Yeah. Whereas, no, you can't. Like, <laughs> if you could, you'd do it. <laughs> so I think people might, like, I can imagine that that process would be hard to actually set a price for such a service mm. because people 
just think that they can do stuff that they really can't do. Yeah. And being a small business, it is too, because fruit changes seasonally. Yeah. All the prices do and veg. And I'm not a massive business who goes out to the markets and buys crates and crates and crates of strawberries. Yeah. So I'm dealing with retail prices basically. Right. So the same as what you'd pay for a cheese platter when you go to the shop. So, yeah, put time into that and all the emailing time yeah, and the overhead costs, like my rent and everything, it's pretty expensive. It adds up. Yeah. But it would be the same for you if you went to the shops and you add in your time and... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Planning time. Like it it costs a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, pricing was a difficult one. And I think we're pretty competitive with our pricing. Yep. Which is good, but our customers um, understand our pricing. And people that don't, I mean... We're not the best fit for them. Oh, yeah. But um, I always love it when people do understand the whole process I go through to create a platter. Do you actually find, though, like are people coming to you now that you're well-known enough that people are like, oh, I want my cheese on your platter? Like what kind of deal can we figure <laughs> out? Like, Is that um, happening? A few. Yeah. Um. But I I have the few cheeses that I love. Okay. Um, most of them are from overseas. Oh, really? And, okay. Um, which, yeah, I – oh, my gosh, if I got the chance to sort of team up with them, fingers crossed one day. <laughs> a girl can it would dream. be a dream. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's where it's leading with um, – my stencils, which I'm sure we'll get to, but yeah. So yeah, yeah let's talk about your stencils because mm. that's such a clever um, addition to what you already provide. Yeah. Because if for whatever reason people think, oh, you know what, I want to figure out how to do this myself, I want to learn how to do it, yeah. Um, and people aren't just like looking at your pictures and like trying to fit things on a board or whatever. <laughs> like you've actually you're helping them, you're getting them halfway. So how did you come up with that idea? Yeah. So the stencils, um, I. Like, I'm really excited about (laughs) They came about because I just think, like, um, it's it's not hard to put cheese on a platter, right? I mean, yes, people find it hard to make it look really appealing and amazing, but really it's putting food on a board. (laughs) And I didn't invent putting food on a board. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I thought... One day, it came about when one of my friends said to me, like, I have no idea how to make a cheese platter. I use this app that helps me make a cheese platter. Oh, no way. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is foreign. Like, how do you not know how to make a cheese platter? You just put cheese on the board. Anyway, people find it hard to make a cheese platter, which I I get it. And um, I just thought, right, well, I'm going to help people make platters like mine. Yeah. So why not sell my designs if they if they're gonna look at a picture on my Instagram and copy it? Yeah. Which I was as sort of six months to a year in, I I sort of found a lot of people were copying my stuff. Okay. How and does that feel? Is that flattering or is that like uh, weird? <laughs> I, I tried to take it as a compliment yeah. as I'm doing something that people love like, so they wanna do it. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say it bugged me. Yeah. Um, because I was just like, oh, I worked so hard to make these platters for people to just copy them. Anyway, so I thought, what, how can I earn, I guess, earn from this? So I teamed up with a, um, illustrator in Russia. I found her on Instagram. No way. She doesn't speak English. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tell me about that relationship. It was so hard. (laughs) So, 
um, explaining to her this idea of how I wanted her to draw my platter so that people could build on it um, was hard. I just I spent a lot of time translating. But you were determined to use this illustrator? Yeah, I was, and she was brilliant. I fell in love with her stuff. Um, so her name's Jane and... Thanks, Jane. Yeah, thanks, Jane. <laughs> and, yeah, she did a brilliant job and um, the first one came out and I didn't know – the packaging side of it was the hardest part. Because, oh, okay. Um, and I had sourcing the paper that was like a baking paper yeah. that was food – Quality. Yeah, yeah. and um, food grade. It was really hard, so – I got a few friends over. I did some focus groups. So I got, yeah, I got, um, I brought my mum's friends over one night, my friends over one night. I did a group of boys. Um, (laughs) What was the group of boys like? (laughs) They were quite good. They found it quite fun. Okay. And they're like, we need this for date night. (laughs) Oh, cute. That is so cute. I was like, yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot more to come with the stencils and I'd like to start doing different designs of Seasons, events, celebrations, team up with brands. Uh-huh. Um, so can't say too much more about that, but more to come. Awesome. <laughs> Maybe you can tell me a bit more about you go from making platters for B2C, like just the everyday person, but then all of a sudden some businesses are saying, actually, can you just make all these platters for us, please? Like there must be some big names in there that you would have been shocked by when they started to email you. Yeah. I think when um, I got an email from Aperol, I nearly died. <laughs> they yeah. were like, dream client. <laughs> Amazing. I was so excited um, because what better to have an Aperol spritz with a platter? So, that, yeah, I've had some pretty amazing clients, which has been really exciting. And, yeah, from B to C to B to B, it was, yeah, better, I think. Yeah. I found it really difficult, say, from doing someone's wedding uh-huh. As opposed to doing Friday night corporate drinks for an office. It's a lot of pressure doing someone's wedding or baby shower or yeah. even birthday, 21sts and things. Whereas a lot of businesses and corporates have budgets that they're just like, hey, we've got 20 people, we've got this amount, this amount of money to spend, what, what can, can you do? And that sort of puts my mind at ease. Yeah. And it's less emailing time, whereas... Yeah. A wedding or a birthday is a lot more detail and attention to detail. The B2B is, it's it's a lot more fun too because, I mean, the product send-outs I've got to do and work with cool new up-and-coming products and they want media send-out to all the media in Sydney. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. What would you say the balance is in your business now between B2B clients and B2C? Well, I've moved a lot from, so I've changed my work week to working from sort of more weekends to I just do a Tuesday to Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I think it's really important to have two days off still. So I take that Sunday and I take that Monday. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody talk to me about platters for two days. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a Tuesday sort of as an admin day and then I go hard from Wednesday to Saturday. Okay. So Saturday I still have for those weddings, birthdays, baptisms, everything. Yeah. And, yeah, sort of Wednesday to Friday I focus on working with businesses, businesses, companies. Right. Yeah. Well, when you were first starting, did you imagine that that could be where it goes, that you do have this balance of B2C and B2B? No, not really because 
I use platters for my own personal social events. Yeah. So I kind of started with the thought of just doing like girly get-togethers or family lunches, stuff like that. It was never really, oh, I could cater for a corporate lunch. Yeah. Never or a product launch. And I suppose in the beginning you're also thinking, oh, that's just so – big or whatever, like yeah. so out of reach. Yeah, totally, because all of those big events have like big catering companies that come in and you've got wait staff and you've yeah. got um, bartenders. It wasn't really like you've just got service, whereas mine are you set up and you leave it yeah. and I can go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have to stick around at the events, yeah. uh, which I'd love to, but <laughs> <laughs> not working. <laughs> But um, I didn't think that at those sorts of um, company events they would have the type of catering I offer. Yeah. It's more they'd prefer wait staff handing around food. And in saying that, I mean, uh, wait staff could pick up a platter and hand it around. Yeah. So I haven't sort of... Ruled it out completely. Yeah. It can work for that scenario yeah. if needed. Exactly. So I can tailor to those events now. And I say that to people. I'm like, look, I don't offer staff to come around and hand food but if you can find somebody to just pick up one of the platters from the table and hand it around yeah because I would like to know about the setup of your online store Mm -hmm. or were you selling on Instagram first in your dms and then the store came about or what was the actual process for actually getting off the ground um so yes I was selling on Instagram before and just through dms and an email address Uh uh-huh um, and then one of my friends, Charlie, shout out to Charlie, um, supportive friend, awesome. He did my whole website. Oh, no way. Amazing. Wow. He is incredible. Well, thanks, Charlie. Um, yeah, he did everything and it was this beautiful website on Squarespace, which he taught me everything about it as well. So I was able to go on and tweak little things if I needed to. And um, so, yeah, he he set me up on that and taught me um, the pros and cons about it and how it could work for my business. And yeah, Squarespace was great and it was still, but it was still the whole, just fill in an inquiry form, send it off. And then it would come to me and I would have to get back to you. Okay. Right. So no one's placing orders online just yet. They're just saying, I'm interested. Yeah, exactly. Which was great. Yeah. And, um, that's all you needed at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't have that many orders, so I was able to sit down a day and go through all the emails, get back to everybody. And it was I really liked that sort of – it wasn't face-to-face time with a customer, but it was really good customer service, which uh-huh. I think people appreciate. And yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I was able to give them my full attention on their event and, you know, assure them that this platter is going to be amazing and your yeah. event's going to be amazing. Yeah, so that was in the beginning and Squarespace was perfect for that, perfect for that. And then as I grew, I sort of thought I need to, like, get some of my time back and I don't have time to unfortunately sit and reply these long emails and have these long conversations with customers. So I went back to Charlie and I was like, what do I do? I was going to ask you to call Charlie again. <laughs> Always, I still do. <laughs> and um, he suggested um, Shopify would be better uh-huh. to okay. automate things. So um, I have... I've automated everything so you can book your platters online and you just pick what you want. You can write your notes on the side about exactly what you need us to do for your event and that's one side of my business taken care of which 
um, caters to all corporates basically uh-huh. who just want a lunch platter or a brekkie platter for a meeting or even a team briefing or something. Um, and then I still do have the contact us part where you can inquire about something different. Sure. Or if you need more of my time and I can assure you that it'll be a great event and what we can do and talk more in detail. So it's got both now, which is great. You've got that admin day where you are answering all the emails and whatever, but do you have people helping you in when you're actually making the platters so you can pump it all out or is it just you? Um, it's still just me full time. Yeah. Um, I have a few casuals for the big events. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you resource up when needed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a few people come in and help me um, for the big events mm-hmm. and then... Yeah, it's pretty much just me. Wow. And then I, yeah, so I'd outsource things. So um, I had a guy build my website because Charlie was just too flat out doing his oh, own Charlie, thing. you seem like <laughs> such a good guy. <laughs> and then you, you pull out at the end. It still helps. But, um, yeah, I had a, I ended up um, hiring somebody to build my whole website. Okay, cool. Um, he, he was great too. And... Then, yeah, so I've outsourced a few jobs, yeah. but then in terms of making the platters and everything, I just get casual people in when I need them for events. And this year is sort of the year that I would like to get somebody in part-time, whether it's one day or two days a week. I still consider myself a very small business. Oh, yeah. So, and I think that's very deceiving online when you see how much work we do. Yeah. Or like I do or when... When the team is in. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm very surprised that... You do so much of it then. Yeah, I'm um, because very you're pulling involved. off a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so this year I'm really trying to start pulling back on that and Yeah, what does the future of the platter project look like then? Well, it's still trying to be all automated. So I do have the online stuff you can order straight away and then I have formulas full of that. So anyone who comes in can is able to make that stuff. And yeah, the future I'd like to sort of pull back and just keep working on the business side of things and keep looking for new business opportunities and grow maybe franchise. Ah. Um, it's weird. I've had a few offers for franchising, but it just hasn't been the right time. Yeah, okay. Um, I'd, yeah, pr- maybe like to do in a different state or go back to LA. <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? I know, that's huge. But, um, yeah, I, there's so many opportunities to to grow with it, but I'd really like to get another team member on board just yep. to take some of the workload off. What advice would you give to someone who is thinking about starting their own business or they've got a side hustle and they want to go from side hustle to full-time thing? Give it a go or you're going to regret it. I just think you've got nothing to lose. But I think a lot of people would think they have a lot to lose. Like people, you know, they're stuck in this job that they hate, but yeah. at least it's income, you mm-hmm. know. So I think yeah. it's like Yeah, financial is- stability is a huge thing, <laughs> huge, and you're going to be throwing that away. Yeah, right. But as soon as you can come to terms with that and like if this all fails, I'll get another job. Yeah. It's sort of – and the experience I've had from running my own business and what I've learned, like I didn't learn at uni – and I just think for anybody who wants to start it, just give it a go and work part-time or there's so many options. It's not as hard as it used to be. I mean, I was really lucky I was able to move back home. So I understand that people that... Don't know, have that luxury. Yeah. Or the it, opportunity it's, it's to do tough. that. It's tough. Yeah. Or just have a lot of a lot more costs than I did or everything like that. But I mean, people get business loans. And yeah. 
There's so many options available that I think you're mad not to give it a go. But I'd say test the waters first. Don't just pack up and quit your job. I think do a bit of research into it before and then talk to people. I mean, there's so many people available to speak to and people want to help because people have been there before. So use them, use their experiences to help you. And so that wraps my conversation with Libby Gardner from The Platter Project. If you have a cool job like a neuroscientist or a bounty hunter, I want to hear from you. Or if there is a dream job that you want to know more about, reach out to hello at betweentwojobs.com. To see behind the scenes, make sure to follow Instagram at betweentwojobs. But most importantly, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this podcast. While you're at it, write a review or even tell a friend about the show. Until next time, good luck at work this week.